0: Aloha and welcome to the Xeno podcast. My name is Mark Maslar and this month we are going to be talking about the APCC. The Reading Writing Center is coordinated with the Alumni and Career Services Center to help students gain tips when creating cover letters and resumes. To start off, we'll introduce everyone here. So for me, I will be representing the Reading Writing Center. Today, I am accompanied by a new co-host,
1: Hi,
2: my name is Micah Galliano.
0: And then we are also accompanied by two representatives from the Alumni and Career Services Center.
2: Hi, my name is Halala Garcia. And I am
3: Jay Smith. Alright.
2: Okay, so let's start
1: by talking about the APCC. What does this event entail for students at Brigham Young University, Hawaii?
3: Um, It's a really, really wonderful opportunity for students of all kinds of different levels whether that's uh, a student who just started here and is kind of trying to test the water, seeing what kind of opportunities are out there and kind of learning about the different employers that are gonna be here, or students who are looking for internships or students who are looking to graduate and get a full-time job. It's a wonderful time to get out there, talk to people, see what kind of resources there are and make those connections. I agree. ABCC is one of those
0: events where you actually get to feel that you can apply the different things that you learn in your class and feel that you're being involved beyond the scope of a a school system, but that you're taking your first steps into the professional world. So it's really unique to have the opportunity to converse with different people from all these different companies and then to see how you feel in terms of your preparedness to work with people like that. If anything. As we all prepare to present ourselves to potential employers, seek opportunities in internships or different projects, we can all start at the basics when it comes to writing a resume, a cover letter, and an elevator speech.
1: Yeah, so if I've never created a resume before, what should I do in order to prepare for this
2: event? Well, there's actually a lot of things that you can do. One of the things that we highly recommend students is to find resources online. Of course, we want you to come in and chat with one of us and you know allow us to help you. But our goal is to prepare students with tools and opportunities to help themselves afterwards. And so on Handshake, um, if you log in, we have a resources page where you can find um, an article that talks about how to write a resume. It even has templates for resources on LinkedIn. Um, we also have our APCC certification course, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about resumes and tells you, you know, how to find resources on that. And we actually go over resume with you and kind of give you tips and things. If you need one-on-one help, you can actually come into the career studio. We can help you. One of our mm-hmm. career mentors can sit down with you. We can help you start from scratch, or if you have one already, we can help you look over that.
1: That's really great. I love that. We have this all-around resources from career services or with professors or with individuals, mentors inside the career services studio. So that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And if anything, for students out there who might not be aware, on campus, if you go under all courses, there is a program that is currently being put out there for students who are enrolled on campus. To receive what's called APCC certification and Lala brought this up but this is another way that you can look at these resources on canvas in order to check out the different rules requirements. requirements and formats that you can use for a resume and that way you can feel that before you go into the APCC or even the Alumni and Career Services Center you can prepare something that you can then talk about with these people But As we move on to understanding how to make a resume great what do you two think are the
3: most important in a resume oh that is a really good question and kind of a hard one to answer Um, with resumes I always find them really like fun and exciting and also kind of crazy because so much depends on It's the other person's preference that kind of matters. and Unless you've already met and you already know the other person, it's hard to find out what that is. But there's a couple things that are just all around standard, this is how things are. So if I were to say two things that would be most important, one would be to customize it as much as possible. Create a resume that's specific for the industry, for the job, for the career, the employer. Just make that as individual and specific as you can. Um, The next step would be to just make it look really professional. I'm talking about no grammar, spelling mistakes, make sure that everything's correct on there, make sure the formatting is nice, make sure that it's looking really professional, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the difference between. Getting into an interview and having your resume thrown in the in the trash is one incorrectly placed sentence or comma or a misspelled word or anything like that could easily throw everything off. Lala, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that? No, I totally agree. I think it really depends
2: on what your goals are and what you're looking for. Your resume will depend. Because that's like with programming, they have all these things that they have to do, you know. Maybe you want that up top to let them know that you do have experience with these things. So it really depends on what you're looking for. So when students come in and they say, help me with the resume, and they have no idea what they want to do it for, then we have no idea how to help <laughs> them. So the first thing would be to try and figure out
1: Your resume according to the employer that you want to check, and to what Lala said, put uh, the top profile that stood out for that type of employer. For example, a graduate school or an
2: internship for
1: educational stuff, kind of like that.
2: Yeah, and it'll be different for every company, obviously. If you go to Disney, that'll be completely different if you went. (laughs)
3: We don't want that. (laughs) I mean, do some research on the company. It's not going to be too difficult for you to look at Disney and realize, whoa, like they really want innovation or Mm. customer service. And they're really interested in this. And Goldman Sachs is like, well, we really want the financial analysis skills. And we Mm want to know how good is your understanding of economics and marketing and all of these different things. Make it focused to them. But also be yourself. Mm. Don't change yourself.
1: Mm, Tie it to the company. Your abilities and your profile, and tie it to them.
0: Yeah, that makes me think because at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want them to think that you're already a part of the company. And for them to see that connection between you and their workforce, that is the difference between having your resume in the trash and on the table at your next interview. So moving on to elevator speeches and cover letters, Me, for me as a student here at BYU-Hawaii, I started to learn the importance of having these two things put together, because before in high school a resume was all you needed, but for anyone out there who doesn't completely understand how powerful a elevator speech or cover letter can be,
3: what are your perspectives on that?
2: Do you want to start with cover
3: letter or elevator pitch? Let's go with cover letter. Cover letters are fun. Um, Cover letter, I actually personally really like them uh, for two reasons. One, they're not always super often. I mean, they're not always super common. Um, A lot of times employers don't get a cover letter because whoever's applying to the job, simply enough, are lazy and they don't want to write a cover letter. Cover letters really need to be specifically written for each and every application you can't just write one cover letter that fits all you need to say hey this is who i am this is how i found out about this job this is what i know about the job also here's this really cool story about me that really makes me stand out and shows you how i would be able to directly benefit your company this is why you want me and then finishing off saying by the way I'd really love to come in for an interview, or kind of whatever twist that you want to bring it in on them, but you you need to really make that customized to who you're applying for every single time, which is nice because if you're actually one of the people that writes one, mm-hmm. you're the one person that they remember that They're actually funny. wrote a cover letter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. The yeah. resume should be what you have done. It should be a list of all your accomplishments and things that you have done in the past, and your cover letter should be your why, the reasoning behind it, what you're passionate mm. about. It should have your personality into it. So the first thing they'll typically see is your cover letter. It'll say, I'm interested in these things and I love doing this. And then your resume says, this is all the things I've done to support that. Mm. And, and so it's kind of a blend of the two that really makes you stand out.
3: And on top of that too, um, one of the things that's nice about a cover letter, if you're writing a cover letter along with your resume, some of those things like an objective statement or a summary or those little like sections of your resume You can take those off of your resume put them onto your cover letter And then you have more room to do more with your resume. So it's almost essentially like giving yourself more space to show How amazing you are. True
0: So What do you think about an elevator speech? I mean walking up to someone and being able to say that you're a great candidate is kind of a hard de- deal to get across. How would you be able to put everything in there from
3: who you are and what you do and why you want to do it? In
1: just a <laughs> short amount of time. Yeah,
3: good question. I mean, walking up to saying somebody and saying, hey, I'm Jay, I'm amazing. You need me in your company. I'm going to make you millions of dollars. You know, it doesn't really sound super great. Yeah. So how do you do that really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> So when we teach Elevator Speeches, and. Um, typically what I tell students is that it should have three things. The first thing is a short introduction about who you are. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you are wanting to say your name, what you're doing, and then it should have some type of skill or qualification, something that makes you stand out, and then you end it with a call to action. So Mm -hmm. most students will get to the first two parts and be like, this is who I am, I'm so awesome, I'm so great. (laughs) (laughs) but what they really need to do is work on that ending like what do you want from it I'd love an interview or if you have some free time today I'd love to sit down and chat Mm -hmm. about the opportunities that are available and so being able to state who you are and what you're doing that's super awesome and then closing it with a let's continue this conversation because the goal of the elevator pitch isn't necessarily to just be like Oh, I'm great. It's like a flashing ad. No, that's not what it is. It's to initiate the conversation, a continued conversation afterwards, which will either continue in the you know, giving them your resume cover letter or an interview or whatever it is that you're yeah. wanting to do later on. Yeah.
3: It's also super awkward when you're like blah 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 blah. This is who I am, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm studying.
1: Silence. <laughs> <laughs>
3: super, super awkward. That happens. <laughs>
2: And it happens to all of us. (laughs) (laughs) So that that call to action at the event end is very important. Well, when it comes to the content of the actual elevator pitch, it really depends on who you're talking to. Um, I usually tell students that they should have they should think of three things when it comes to their elevator pitch. Um, They should think about something that they're super awesome at, like some type of skill that they think would be beneficial for the company, some type of position, or you know if they were a supervisor or something and something they accomplished there or just anything that they know the company would appreciate like if they know that when you look at disney obviously they're going to look at customer service and innovation like we've talked about before they know that about the company then find
3: something in that area where you can talk about yeah and i'd also say that i don't know i really really like uh, um, elevator pitches and when they're done well it can be really, really helpful and really powerful. Um, one of the things that I would always suggest is, first off, Lala, she's awesome. She's a natural. She's done this a bunch of times, so it's really, really easy. For those of you who are not feeling quite as confident or quite as comfortable or maybe haven't done it before, try to practice it. First off, I really like having students write it down or just write down lists of stuff so that they are just kind of get that information out of their head and on the paper and they can look at it. And then start practicing record yourself go up to a friend start saying it that first second third time it's almost always super awkward so way better to use that awkwardness with a friend or with a co-worker <laughs> or with a sibling or someone and then when you get to the professional you got it all they're really nice and neat and I think the last thing that I would say about elevator
2: pitches is that use words that are natural to you like I love when students come in and all these ginormous words that they can't pronounce i'm like it sounds great but not from your mouth and i'm not saying that to be mean or anything you know just be you let let it come to you and so if something sounds really good you can't say it just change it up a bit so that you can say it so write it a million times like jay said like i said earlier we do have resources online on handshake there is a resource that talks about how to write an elevator pitch actually has where it tells you what to write down, how to put it together, and even on our APC certification, APCC certification, it's also there's a module for that as well. So mm-hmm. there are resources out there, and then come on in to the studio yeah. Good to see you. Awesome.
0: So with that, I think that's a great transition to our next activity in the interview. So. Just to give everyone an idea of the procedure that we went through, we at the Reading Writing Center put out an invitation for students to submit their resumes and cover letters in order to help review what they could work on for this upcoming event. As a part of the the podcast, we would work with the Alumni and Career Services Center so that they would have the opportunity to hear from them what things that they liked about the resumes and cover letters provided, and what they could improve on in the future. So just so everyone knows, the names for these students will be kept confidential, and have been replaced for their sake. Our first profile is Mary. Mary is a senior here at
3: BYU-Hawaii, and she is an English major. Let's see what... Yeah, so um, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the job. Before I was a student here. Um, I was actually working as a hiring manager and as a recruiter so I got to do this a bunch and I really really enjoy doing it. Um, <clears throat> so the employer typically is going to look first at the cover letter. Uh, so they're going to read it and this is where hopefully if the student has read it really well it really stands out to them. Um, a couple of the things, first off I love the, this um, cover letter because it's addressed to Marvel Studio so that right there just makes it amazing. Um, and this student does a really good job introducing themselves talking about who they are and talking about um, who they're applying for Um, I'd also typically like to throw in there in that first paragraph and talk about um, not just where you found the internship but also throw in there some kind of bit of information saying I've done my research I know about you guys I'm familiar with this it shows that you're at another level Um, and then the second or like the middle section that could be one paragraph or two paragraphs or however you want to do it um, the student uh, Mary uh, does a decent job talking about like their personal experiences with marble, why they're really interested in marble, and a lot about like what they're doing um, to be able to get into this situation they're talking about their um, certified reading and writing center um, they talk about their skills and their abilities. And it talks a little bit about like some professional stuff. So also talking about being a blogger um, and knowing about graphic design and these kind of stuff. So they're doing two things right here. They're looking at qualifying for the, um, for the interview, but they're also looking at trying to draw attention to themselves and making themselves not look like one of those thousands or millions of applicants for Marvel internships.
2: I think that the only thing that I would add to that is this person does have a lot of great experience. Obviously, they've done their research, they know what the company is looking for, but I would probably tie in some kind of story as you know, humans, we are creatures of stories, You know that's why we have legends, that's why we mm-hmm. have fairy tales, is because that's, I guess, what we remember. And so I would love to have seen something in there about something she did in her current position. Like I wrote this article or something like that, um, that did this, and so not just I can do all these things, but here's actually an example of what I've done. And the recruiter will remember that one specific thing. Oh, that's the student that you know wrote yeah. this story about this. And so that's the only thing that I said um, that I think that I would say. The other thing is at the last uh, paragraph, she doesn't have how she would like to be contacted. Obviously, it says I would I love would love to hear from you, but putting in how you want to be contacted, like. Give them a direction. So if they do want to contact you, they don't have to go searching and say, "Should you email her? Call her yourself." Just giving them a specific action at the very end.
3: Building a little bit more on that, uh, both of those principles with the story again, customize it. Who's to who you're applying for? This is to Marvel Studios. What do they do? They tell amazing stories. So the way that you would be able to get recognized is by telling an amazing story. Whoa! (laughs) A really good way to not be recognized and to not be remembered is the lack of that. If you're not telling a story, I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to get a lot of applicants with a lot of qualified people. How many of those are really going to stand out? Is that going to be you or is that going to be somebody else? And story is a wonderful way to do that. And the second thing, um, that last paragraph, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, There's that kind of like being optimistic and like, yeah, I'm looking forward to a call back or like I'm looking forward to the interview. Um, Make that your own. Make that customized to who you are. Make it don't sound abnormal or unnatural Um, and try to get there in there almost kind of like a positive twist because this is what's going to get them to read your resume more carefully and to bring you in for the interview. Okay, so now going to the resume. Um, Again, customizing this specifically to the interview. A couple things that I'd like to point out about this. um, They have their email on top. They have their LinkedIn profile on there. They don't have a phone number. Um, A lot of students don't have a phone number uh, available to use, whether that's you or whether that's somebody else um, kind of look into that again, that's, that's your own personal situation. The other thing that I wanted to point out is they have their LinkedIn profile be on here and I can tell that they've edited it where their LinkedIn profile. So when you have a LinkedIn profile, it automatically comes in with your first name and your last name and it has a bunch of random numbers and letters at the end. This person has gone into LinkedIn. You can actually go in there and modify the URL where it doesn't have all of that random stuff at the end. So that person has done this and look, you can tell it looks way more professional. Um, Now, the person has their experience here on top. Um, They did an internship with a, some kind of school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then they were a tutor at the Reading and Writing Center, um, another reading tutor, an online English tutor, and food and beverage service worker. Um, then after that, they have their education section, and then they have some publications on there. So again, customize this to who you're applying towards. Um, when I help out with resumes, I don't. I try not to say anything like, you need to do this, or you have to do this, or like, this is the rule for this. Uh, more of like suggestions or understanding why you're doing something. Uh, like Lala was mentioning earlier, this is for an internship. Um, with Marvel, so maybe this is something where you would put your education on top, looking at what you're studying, that you are still in school, something more similar to that. But again, kind of depends on what you're trying to go for. Um, Next, there is a couple of um, formatting errors that stick up really, really uh, fast on here. So on the right side of the page, it has all of the dates that they're working, It has the locations that they're working, Um, and you notice that some of the, um, some of the months are all the way spelled out and they're in, uh, uppercase, uh, beginning, (laughs) like September is spelled with an uppercase S and then December is spelled with an uppercase D, but then at the end, um, the two, uh, dates that are spelled all in uppercase. So you can change them around, but just make sure that they're the same. Don't have one uppercase and one lowercase and one like this and one like that. Consistency. Exactly. Like there's a dash here with no spaces and then there's a dash of spaces. You want to try to make it all really, really nice. Uh, The other thing that stands out that's pretty common is a couple of the dates are mixed up. So you have uh, the current job is actually the second in line. So you want to have it in chronological order, preferably. That's what the employer is expecting. There's a couple ways that you can go around that. Um, And that's something, if that is something you want to do, for example, if you're applying to Marvel Studios and you have a bunch of writing experience, but it's not your most recent thing, come over to us and we can show you a couple ways to move that around and to make that
2: look really nice. Yeah, one thing that this person could consider is instead of doing a reverse chronological like she has done now, she could do something like a functional resume where she talks about the skills that she has and so she highlights her English, obviously, I think she does a lot of this because she's an English major, and so she has her English tutor, reading tutor, and so maybe she should use a functional resume where she decides on a couple of skills and puts those out there and talks about the accomplishments that she did. And then she could just have her experiences just in order right underneath. So there's, a, like Jay said, if you come on in, we can help you with a different um, ways around that we can, that we can work out. Um, the other thing that I would suggest is some of her bullet points are good, but they could be great they could have a little bit more in-depth to them. A lot of people think that bullet points should be a list of things that you've done, or mm-hmm. like your job description. Your bullet points should actually be a list of accomplishments. What kind of an impact did you have? We know that you did this thing, but what did it do for the company? So, for example, one here says, develop 20 lesson plans compiled into a workbook to help unify the English curriculum for an elementary school So what did it do? What did that book do? What did it accomplish? Did it help students, you know, better English or different things like that? So that's kind of the goal of what the bullet point should say. Not necessarily the to-do list,
3: but here's all the awesome things I did because I did this. And even on that, just that one bullet point, I mean, it says, develop 20 lesson plans compiled into a workbook to help unify the English curriculum for an elementary school in Thailand. So that's focused on what their responsibility was, right? It's focused on what their duty was a little bit more. If you flip that around and say that they, um, I don't know, helped unify the English curriculum by doing this, then it's focusing on what the achievement was. What were they able to accomplish? It's kind of like, there's a lot of different levels of deep Within a resume, within bullet points, you can talk about, yeah, I picked up trash at the PCC, right? That's a really simple thing to do. Okay, but did you do a good job picking up trash or did you do a really bad job picking up trash? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how well did you pick up trash? You could say, like, I picked up trash so well they gave me a promotion and um employer of the month that's how well i picked up trash and now the employer knows wow they did a really good job picking up trash so just try to make that a little bit deeper talk about how, what kind of contribution you did what kind of impact you did how you helped how you stood out that's what's really going to make the difference because they can read through an entire resume and say okay while well, they did all of this stuff but i still have no idea what kind of employee this is or they can put in information I want them to do this kind of stuff over here in our job. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I love that because you know if you think about where you're working currently, you can now ask yourself, what have I done here that I can put on a resume? And when you are just barely doing your job, then maybe you should do more. <laughs> you know, think along the lines of what can, what kind of impact can I do um, here in this current job that I'm at? And so many students come in and they're just like, oh all I did was work at the luau and I'm like do you know how difficult it is to work at the luau don't tell me that okay and so it's just thinking outside of the box students don't realize that they
3: can do that take for example how many students are in some kind of club all right and there's a lot of students that are also in club presidencies they could be thinking okay they did this and this and this they put this out many activities out there do they remember how many students went to those activities it's kind of hard to say But if you're thinking ahead, then you're gonna be club president and then you're gonna be doing this and you're gonna be thinking, okay, let's get the numbers from what's going on right now with my club. How many people are coming to these events in the beginning or before I was club president? And then let's look at all the numbers after I was club president. Then you can be like, well, I raise attendance for club activities by 285%. That sounds amazing. But if you look that in the back, Like, after it's already been done, it's almost impossible to really get those numbers or to look at those things that have already happened. So, think ahead about those.
0: Man, you know, that's amazing. Even I have to drop down notes a little bit just for my (laughs) next resume. But speaking of another resume, let's go to profile number two.
1: So, our second profile is Jennifer. Jennifer is studying political science.
2: Awesome. Okay, so Jennifer's cover letter, um, as I was reading it, the first thing I thought of when I looked at it was, wow, that's long. Oh, yes. <laughs> really long. So she has a lot of good things in there, um, but we want to try and make things as short and concise as possible. You have to remember that employers have a lot of these to read. <laughs> just working here at the Career Services, I think we've read over 20 just within the last... Two semesters, and reading a full page like this, reading twenty of them is like reading a full
3: research paper.
2: So you gotta remember that. Keep it short, keep it concise, and to the point.
3: My dad used to work in a company where him, he and his team uh, read over five thousand resumes um, in less wow. than a week. <laughs> and a if you think of how many cover letters they had to read, if they get a resume like this, they aren't going to read it. <laughs> Uh, maybe like political science that's going to be something a little bit different than they are expected and they kind of know how to read a lot more and read a lot deeper but chances are the hiring manager won't necessarily be doing that
2: yeah but she does have a lot of good meaning like she does talk a lot about what like motivates her what she's passionate about so that is definitely great if she could just cut it down to maybe like three to five sentences instead of Oh, I think that that would be great, but she does have a lot of good voice in there. Um, she's definitely passionate, which is awesome and great. <laughs> so that's that's super good. But again, it's just there's just so much to read and so much to go over. It's hard to figure out what is relevant to the actual career she's trying to. Actually, I'm not even sure where the, the job is. What is it? Is
3: it? Psychology um, research. Okay. Okay. Program. There we go. See, and that's. That's difficult for me to even see. <laughs> the other thing, so uh, typically a cover letter, you kind of want to try to keep them uh, more or less around two thirds of the page. So if you start getting more than that, you're thinking, okay, like, uh, that's a lot of reading. And you start missing really important, crucial and important details. If you have less than that, then it's almost kind of hard to make your cover letter stand out and to really be able to get. So around there is almost kind of like the magic ground. That's where you can really make things happen with cover letters. Um, I do like that she really is able to show her passion. She's really able to emphasize who she is. And after reading this, I can think like, whoa, I remember who this person is. And if I were to be reading 85 cover letters in a week, I won't be able to think back and look at all of the interviews I've had and remember everyone by name. But I will be able to remember, oh, yeah, this person who was born and raised in such and such country that did this really cool thing and had this really interesting view on life and was super positive and, like, was able to get out of poverty and all of these other stuff. Like, wow, like, that really stands out to me. Just hopefully that person does remember all of this
0: things. So now moving on to the resume,
3: what do you think of their accomplishments?
2: So first thing that I would note is in the U.S. we typically don't have a culture to want a recipe. So that's a big, let's not do that.
3: Yeah, and the reason for that is, um, in a lot of countries it really depends. I've spent a decent amount of time looking over um, different, um, almost kind of like rules and regulations of cover letters in different countries. And it really depends, but in the U.S. specifically, Um, Pictures are a no-no because of a lot of the different possibilities for lawsuits. So I applied to your company and you guys didn't hire me. And then I can sue you because like, oh my goodness, you didn't hire me. I'm a white male. You're a racist and a sexist and you're awful. And yeah, now that's not really going to happen to me, but it could happen to a lot of other people. So for companies to try to avoid that, they essentially did, okay, if anyone sends us a resume with a picture on it, we're getting rid of it look at it because we don't want that as a possibility so instead they just won't consider those resumes yeah
2: but other than that her everything that she has on there her education right up top is perfect especially because it's very relevant to what she is wanting to do um i think that that's beautiful she's doing a lot of great things her experience is is well put together as well it's been short concise to the point bullet points are pretty decent as well um, I think that I would probably put some of her stuff on the side the bar she doesn't necessarily need her hobbies unless they're relevant to what she's doing um, so I probably would cut that out and maybe put her leadership positions there we typically try to keep resumes to one single page unless you can make it two completely full pages we think one page is, is pretty good because you know most companies we will get to the second page. We'll just look at the first and be like, oh, yep, yeah.
3: or nope. <laughs> yeah, and there's a couple exceptions to that. There are certain fields that uh, longer resumes, or in the U.S., they're typically um, CVs, um, that are used. They're a little bit more research-based, so I'm not completely sure what the person is applying for, and maybe they want a lot more information. They want it a lot longer. If that's the case, do some research or come in and talk to us, and we can help you customize it for what the person is expecting. Other than that though, um, like again, the, the critique that I would have is honestly, it's a really, really amazing, really well put together to resume. The biggest problem is the formatting. So this person um, has a template formatting and a couple of things that I immediately notice is you have out this entire bar on the left. A lot of those templates have that like section on the left with like a picture and other stuff that's almost entirely empty. Then you have only a handful of lines on the second page. So overall the resume completed only should be one page, but because of how it's formatted, it's throwing that off and it's putting it into a second page and it's making the resume look really, really empty. And you don't want that. This person has a ton of really, really good quality stuff that they could have on the resume and fill in all that stuff and make it look, instead of like two really blank pages, make it look like one really solid page.
2: Definitely, I totally agree. There really just are just simple formatting issues with this resume most of most of it is easy fix.
3: The other thing with the formatting on here is this is obviously a color resume. Um, so one of the things is, so some employers that I've talked to and some people that I've talked to, uh, if it's a color resume, they'll actually throw it in the trash. They've told me this. They don't like color resumes, it's only black and white. But i've also been with people that say that they love color resumes and when they see a resume in color that's the one that draws their attention that's the one that they like and they remember automatically so again kind of customize it to whoever you're giving it to you as much as possible if not keep it to yourself but with this particular resume um you notice that the person picked colors that um don't show up very dark so Keep in mind if you're using maybe like a brighter red or something, if you print that in black and white, it's not going to show up very dark. So if you have like a really bright red and then the letters that make up your name are all in white on color, that looks great. But when you print that on black and white, you can almost not see the name. So keep that in mind when you're looking at resumes and when you're trying to design a resume, if your resume is in color, to use colors and then look at it in black and white to see what it's going to look like if the person does it that black and white. Right. Well, that
0: ties up our activity for today. Thank you very much. It's a lot of great comments, and I think that anyone who will be taking a listen to this podcast can learn a few things about how to make their resume go from good to better, from better to best. And if anything, I can't wait for APCC. At least we'll have an opportunity to apply the things that we've learned, and whether that's in the job fair or in the APCC or at our next interview, I think that having this opportunity to work with the Alumni and Career Services will be one that's a great investment for the future.
3: Yeah, we really look forward to seeing everyone. Again, just come by our office anytime. Uh, it's open from 8 a.m. in the morning until 5 p.m. in the afternoon. We're right across from the bookstore in the Aloha Center and we have people all the time there ready to go All right. Thank
1: you, Lala and Jay, for, for the interview. So I think it will help our students to have that energy to go to APCC, get certified, get everything done before the event. So.
0: And with that, we'll conclude this interview. and. Hope that everyone who's listening will have a great day. Thank you and goodbye. We really hope that these tips and pointers from the Career Center were able to help you in order to prepare for any resumes or cover letters that you have to prepare in the future. If you ever need any help, do not be afraid to come to us at the Reading Writing Center or to go to the Career Center as well in the Aloha Center. If anything, we wish you luck for any future interviews or opportunities that you might have in the future with a possible career. And with that, wish you a great one. Bye.